This morning we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, um, Canto 9, Chapter 4, entitled Ambarish Maharaj Offended by Durvasamuni. And we're beginning with texts 31 and 32, and we're actually going a few verses because there's only a purport on texts 39 and 40. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Maha Abhisheka Vidina Sarvopashkara Sampada Abhischityam Bhara Kalap Kalpire Ganda Malyar Hanadibi Maha Abhisheka Maha Maha Abhisheka Vidina Sarvo Pashkara Sampada Abhishek Yambara Kalpire Gandamalyar Hanadibi Maha Abhisheka Vidina. By the regular principles for bathing the deity. Sarva Upashkara Sampada. By all the paraphernalia for worshipping the deity. Abhishtitya. After bathing. Ambara Akalpai with nice clothing and ornaments. Gandamaya with fragrant flower garlands. Arhana Adibi with and with other paraphernalia for worshipping the deity. <coughs> Translation, following the regulative principles of Maha Abhishek, Maharaj Ambarish performed the bathing ceremony for the deity of the Lord, Krishna, with all paraphernalia. And then he dressed the deity with fine clothing, ornaments, fragrant flower garlands, and other paraphernalia for worship of the Lord. With attention and devotion, he worshipped Krishna and all the greatly fortunate brahmanas who were freed from material desires. There's no purport. Text 33 and 35. Thereafter, Maharaj Ambari satisfied all the guests who arrived at the house, especially the brahmanas. <clears throat> he gave in charity 60 crores of cows, whose horns were covered with gold plate and whose hooves were covered with silver plate. All the cows were well decorated with garments and had full milk bags. They were mild-natured, young and beautiful, and were accompanied by their calves. After giving these cows, the king first sumptuously fed all the brahmanas, and when they were fully satisfied, he was about to observe the end of a codice, with their permission, by breaking the fast. Exactly at that time, however, Durvasamuni, the great and powerful mystic, appeared on the scene as an uninvited guest. Text 36. After standing up to receive Dravasamuni, King Ambarish offered him a seat and paraphernalia of worship. Then sitting at his feet, the king requested the great sage to eat. <clears throat> Dravasamuni kindly, gladly accepted the request of Maharaj Ambarish, but to perform the regulative ritualistic ceremonies, he went to the river Jamuna. There he dipped into the water of the auspicious Jamuna and meditated on the impersonal Brahman. Text 38. In the meantime, only a muhurta of the 
the Dvadasadi day was left on which to break the fast. Consequently, it was imperative that the fast be broken immediately. In this dangerous situation, the king consulted learned Brahmanas. Text 39 and 40. The king said, to transgress the law of respectful behavior towards the Brahmanas is certainly a great offense. On the other hand, if one does not observe the breaking of the fast within the time of Dvadasi, there is a flaw in one's observance of the vow. Therefore, O Brahmanas, if you think that it will be auspicious and not irreligious, I shall break the fast by drinking water. In this way, after consulting with the Brahmanas, the king reached this decision. According to Brahminical opinion, drinking water may be accepted as eating and also not as eating. Purport. When Maharaj Ambarish, in his dilemma, consulted the Brahmanas about whether he should break the fast or wait for Dvasamuni, apparently they could not give a definite answer about what to do. A Vaishnav, however, is the most intelligent personality. Therefore, Maharaj Ambarish himself decided in the presence of the Brahmanas that he would drink a little water, for this would confirm that the fast was broken but would not transgress the laws for receiving a Brahmana. In the Vedas it is said, apnoshtati nan naivat sitam naivat nasitam. This Vedic conjunction declares that the drinking of water may be accepted as eating or as not eating. Sometimes in our practical experience, we see that some political leader <coughs> adhering to satyagraha will not eat, but will drink water. Considering that drinking water would not be eating, Marajambarish decided to act in that way. Oma gyan timadandasya ginanganajalakaya chaksunamilitam jenatasmai sigurvena maha. Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Shtapitam Jenabutale Shwayam Rupakadamayam Dadantishva Padantikam. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shyadvaita Kadadhar Shivasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrindam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Nama Hare Nama Nama <coughs> So in this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, we hear how um, the great Krishna conscious king, Maharaj Ambarish, uh, consulted with the Brahmanas. In Vedic culture, tradition was that a king um, always had a council of Brahmanas with whom he would meet and uh, take serious decisions. Generally, it was understood that because of the uh, nature of his work, um, a king or a katriya was situated more or less in the mode of passion. Of course, the exception to the rules was Raja Rishis, uh, fully Krishna conscious kings like Maharshan Barish. They were capable of taking any and every decision by themselves because of their pure devotion. But in general, uh, the kings were, you could say, working within or surrounded by the mode of passion. Therefore, they took counsel from those in the mode of goodness. A king had to uh, rule, he had to manage, uh, he had to fight, he had to conquer, he had to uh, punish criminals, he had to give favors to his ministers to his allies, like that. So, like this working within the modes of nature, um, his intelligence or his perceptions of, th of things may sometimes be affected. Therefore, he would uh, consult with those in the mode of goodness. Uh, <clears throat> in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna uh, enlightens us as to the nature of the mode of uh, goodness. He says, Tatta sattvam nirmalyavat uh, pra prakashkam anamayam 
सुख संगेन भदना थी ज्ञान संगेन ब्राह्मणिंगल that early in life oh he has some intelligence to see things in the proper perspective so those who are situated in the mode of goodness are closer to seeing things in the proper perspective of course transcendence one sees things perfectly but in this world being in the mode of goodness one can see things more more clearly illuminating uh, so therefore the 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 brahmans or the brahminical order is essential to giving good guidance to human society to see things properly what does it mean to see this material world properly abrama bhuvana loka punar arvitu arjuna mamopetati kontia punar janmana vidyate from the highest planet down to the lowest all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place but punar janman vidyate krishna says one who attains to maya bodh never takes birth again so we all have our perspective of this world most people are thinking that the material world will satisfy their material desires and they'll be happy but it's just the opposite dukalaya mashashvatam it's a temporary place full of misery this is quite obvious to one situated in the mode of goodness but to those in the mode of ignorance and passion it's otherwise so the truth is what krishna says in gita and what the brahmanas perceive so um though we may be sudras though we may be vaishyas gatriyas we take uh guidance from the brahmanas how to get out of this material world and back home into the spiritual world so the brahminical order they were guiding not only the kshatriyas they didn't just give counsel they weren't just there as a counsel for the brahmanas but they their advice was open to everyone they would give public discourses <laughs> and not only the khatriyas would come but the uh the vaishyas would come and the sudras would come everyone within that realm of varnashram dharma was interested in spiritual progress outside malachas and yavanas they may not come because they're too preoccupied with enjoying this world but sudras would come and listen and vaishyas would come and listen everyone would take guidance actually a brahmana was supposed to try and elevate everyone to his platform of the mode of goodness and illumination prabhupada said one time the duty of a first class man is to make a fifth class man also a first class man therefore when shri prabhupada first came to america he often stated that he wanted to establish a brahminical order in america and thus the world to preach krishna consciousness effectively uh, but he didn't want to do this by importing brahmanas from india he wanted to make brahmanas from people in the west uh, usually that meant the american youth and when this uh, news reached india it came as a, a shock to the brahminical order as a result sometimes prabhupad was uh, openly criticized in india because there's a class of men in india who say that only those who are born in a brahmana family uh, can become brahmanas but that's not actually brahminical to say that <laughs> because a brahmana is a brahmana by qualification his qualification is that he's representing the absolute truth and he's meant to preach or teach exactly what is there in shastra and what does krishna say about 
this idea that only one born in a Brahmin family can become a Brahmana. He says, Mamhi Partha Vipashvitya Gepishu Papayonaya. That's a very important verse. O Sanaprita, those who take shelter with me, although they're, uh, they may be um, of lower birth, um, women, merchants, workers, can all approach the supreme destination. Now certainly one who's born in a Brahminical family has an advantage for going back to Godhead. It's like recently there was the Olympics. And in the trials, those who... Um, there's the trials to, you know, they, not everybody can participate in the final race. So there's, a, there's various races. And those who give the highest, get the highest scores, they're selected to, to perform in the, in the final race. Not everybody. So there's, you get maybe a certain percentage. But those who score the highest scores, they get a little advantage. They get a certain track, which is a little bit advantage because of their good score. They get a better track on the six tracks around it. So, in the same way, to be born in a Brahmin family is certain, certainly an advantage because um, from birth one is engaged in auspicious activities. In fact, one is welcome into the womb which has been purified by Garbhadam Shamskara. Garbhadam Shamskara is a particular ritual that the husband and wife will, be, will perform before the moment of conception. It's quite elaborate, Garbhadam Shamskara. Garba means womb, and shamskara means a purification ceremony. In this age, it's not so applicable, so Sridhar Prabhupada requested the Grihastas in our movement to simply chant 50 rounds of the Hare Krishna mantra every day. That would purify the consciousness. That would purify everything. <laughs> so the uh, living entity who was attracted to the womb, the purified womb, from the very moment of conception, he was surrounded by auspiciousness. And then during the pregnancy, of course, there's so many other shamskaras or ceremonies that are performed. So then you're coming out and you're greeted, not by a kuchi-kuchi-koo, look at that pretty little baby, but you're greeted by the Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare And so forth and so on. In the Brahminical order, so many shamskaras are are performed before birth, at birth, throughout life, and even death, even after you're gone. There's a shamskar just to clean up everything in place that in place there was some irregularity. You're gone, but there's a little something. You, some, so like that, that's Brahminical life. Purification from beginning to, to end. What an auspicious opportunity. In fact, Krishna says that he uh, places the devotee who has not yet achieved perfection because to achieve perfection in Krishna consciousness is not an easy thing. We're singing back, back home, back to Godhead. Remember on the streets in the 1970s, we sometimes devotees would take guitars out and they'd, we'd sing songs on the street. <laughs> I remember Mangalananda used to sing, We're going home, back to Godhead. We're going home, back... You know, yeah. We'd be there 90 days. <laughs> And after, you know, 40 years, we're wondering if we'll still, if, if we can get to the platform of Madhya Madhakari. <laughs> Vasudeva Sarvamiti Samahatma Sudurlavaha. Krishna states in Gita that after many, many births, one who is in full knowledge surrenders unto me. So if we don't make it, there's nothing, nothing is lost. If, if you're engaged in just pure material, not pure, but if you're engaged in just material activity, everything is lost at the moment of death. But Krishna informs us that in Krishna consciousness, whatever advancement we make in this lifetime, we start where we left off. So one who has not achieved, achieved perfection in life, he may have the good fortune of taking birth in the family of wealthy merchants or brahmanas. So what is the advantage of taking birth in the family of wealthy merchants? Well, these days, not much. But in previous days, the wealthy merchants were generally engaged in auspicious ritualistic activities. They knew that prosperity didn't come just by the sweat of the brow and hard work. But prosperity was due to the fact that one engaged in yagya. 
Krishna says in the Gita, in the beginning I sent forth generations of men and demigods and blessed them that by the performance of this yagya, all desirable things will be bestowed upon you. All material prosperity, as well as spiritual prosperity, comes by the performance of yagya. Unless there is yagya, there cannot be any real prosperity in society, material prosperity. Or it's just fleeting, it comes and goes. So wealthy family, they knew that, and they would assist in the yagyas. They would donate a certain amount of their money, or whatever was gained, for the performance of yagya. And the, ultimately, the king was in charge of taxing people to um, perform these big agnihotras. So to take birth in a family of wealthy merchants meant that there was also uh, a, a possibility for advancing in Krishna consciousness. Just like I remember in the early days of Ishkan when we would go to India, and several times I had the opportunity to go with Prabhupada to um, wealthy homes. Um, I remember in Mumbai, two occasions, uh, Prabhupada was invited to the family of, of wealthy people and I was expecting to see, like I did in the West, you know, wealthy people were not so spiritual, but, you know, there was good food. <laughs> but I remember the first time I walked into a, the, the, it was an apartment, but it was a complex apartment with many rooms, and how they received Shri Prabhupada, how the family members, the husband, the wife, and the brothers, and the sisters, and the aunts, and the uncles, and the nephews, and the children, how Prabhupada was received when he came in. Uh, the, the respect and the, the devotion and, and um, the foot bathing and then the distribution of prasadam and how it was served and how it was taken and how everything was cleaned up and then how the program proceeded. It, it was a culture that I'd never seen before and I hardly see now. It's kind of that older generation is gone and something went with it. It's hard to explain how they were received, how Prabhupada was received, and how the whole program uh, evolved. It was just another generation, and they were wealthy people, but they were using their wealth and the service of Hari Guru and Vaishnavas. Was something I would I felt privileged to see that the, the culture in India is rapidly. Uh, disappearing. Hopefully, Iskand can fill the vacuum. So, to take birth in such a family, what to speak to take birth in a family of Brahmanas, a, a family of transcendentalists? Krishna, verily, he says, the word is used, verily, such a birth is rare. It's not by chance one takes birth in such a family. And therefore, we must give all facility to the children born into our movement. There's a verse in the Varaha Purana that in the age of Kali, Demons take birth in Brahminical families because the Brahminical families are not really up to the standard. There's something else. <laughs> Brahminical culture has also declined. But in ISKCON, hopefully, we are establishing a Brahminical order, and the children who take birth here are special souls. They may be a little naughty. <laughs> Prabhupada said, when a child is naughty, it means that they're intelligent. <laughs> the, uh, boy, it means there's some intelligence there that should be guided properly. But the children who take birth, um, they're our future. And they must be encouraged in every way. Because once we're gone, they'll take over the movement. And they're special souls. <clears throat> so, um, that's a special birth. But that's not to say that those of lower birth uh, cannot elevate themselves through proper association and training to the position of a brahmana and beyond. Beyond? There's sudra, there's vaishya, there's katriya, brahmana, there's what's beyond? There's vaishnava, shuddhashattva. There's the, the modes of ignorance, passion, and goodness, but there's what's called shuddhashattva, or pure goodness. And a vaishnava, by dint of his devotional service to the Lord, those situated in the mode of goodness, living in the mode of goodness, Prabhupada said, mode of goodness is a stepping stone to transcendence. So being situated in the mode of goodness, but practicing the nine processes of devotional service, one transcends even the mode of goodness. 
Because note that Krishna did say that there's a sense of conditioning. You become happy due to the prosperity and the knowledge you get. You may not want to advance further. But Vaishnava means Shuddha Shattva. By proper association and training, even a Sudra, even a a Rakshasha, even a Malachi, even a Yavana can become a Brahmana or can become a Vaishnava. Even a Rakshasha. In the old days in in uh, in France, uh, one uh, young girl, she was from Polynesia, she joined the movement and um, eventually uh, was to take initiation. So the initiating guru, Bhagavan at that time, he had a darshan for the disciples and before the initiation ceremony. He was discussing, where have you come from? And, you know, what's your family? And service are you doing? And this Polynesian girl, saying, so what is your family history? And oh, it goes way back, Guru Maharaj, way back. And you're so kind in accepting me because I come from a family that's very degraded. Oh, what, how were they degraded? My ancestors were cannibals. I remember Bhagavan gulped. Because guru, it takes karma. <laughs> I, I have, I'm sorry to say that this cannibal blood is, is running through my veins. <laughs> cannibal? Yes, my great-great-grandmother, when the British were coming in their ships, sometimes they would be shipwrecked. Or said, she said sometimes there would be fights that the British would come into conquer the island, there would be fights, and sometimes the Indians would win. And she said that my great-great-grandmother told me that they would eat the um, sailors. And then she just blurted out, she said, and my grandmother told me that the fingers and the eyeballs are the, are the tenderest, are the sweetest part of the human body. <laughs> Everyone kind of cringed. She said, she said that the, the, the meat of the bones, the fingers is very nice, and the eyes are like uh, gulab jamans. <laughs> so Bhagavan said, stop. But I was thinking, <laughs> how powerful is this mantra? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare That those outside the uh, shelter of Varnashram Dharma, Malachas, Yavanas, and Rakshasas can be purified to the point of taking Diksha, Harinam initiation, and eventually Brahman initiation, and eventually going back home, back to Godhead. This is actually stated by Srila Shanantan Goswami, who under the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, was preaching Krishna consciousness to all classes of men. He said, Yatakancha natam yati kamsham rasa vida nataha uh, tata diksha vida nena dvichitam jayate nunam he says as uh, bell metal uh, bell metal is turned into gold when mixed with mercury in a chemical process someone who is properly trained and initiated by a bona fide spiritual master immediately becomes brahmana this is described in the Vedas. There's a, uh, some shlokas which describe, not in our bhakti shastras, but like in tantric yoga uh, shastras, that um, there's a process whereby um, bell metal can be turned into gold. Actually, I'll, I know the process, and if you want, I can tell you the mantras. It's very easy, actually. You, ha- you don't have to. You can give up all your work now and just retire. Just this is a very simple process. Very simple. The yogi would take mercury. He'd take about a liter of mercury and he'd drink it. Then he'd go to sleep, and in the morning he would urinate on bell metal, and his urine would turn the bell metal into gold. Simple, isn't it? But if you know anything about mercury, mercury is a deadly poison. <laughs> But because of mantra, mantra is very powerful, because of a certain mantra he would have, when he would drink the, the mercury, he wouldn't be affected by the poisonous effect. And the interaction with his bodily fluids and the mercury and the mantra, then he would urinate and then that. So I, don't, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Stick to your job. Better safe than sorry. But it's miraculous. When we hear about it, it sounds like fairy tale. 
that's not fairy tale. It's fact. Prabhupada one time said, do you think that Srila Vyasadeva, who's writing down these Vedic literatures, is going to waste his time with fairy tales? No, he's a very sober. Dhirastattanamuyanti. Krishna says, Dehinosmin yatadehe kovanam yovanam jara tatate antaras paptir dhirastattanamuyanti. As the embodied soul passes from the body of a baby to a boy to a youth to an old man, so the soul passes into another body at death. But dira, dirastattanamuyanti. A sober person is not bewildered by such a change. So Srila Vyasa is very dira, he's very sober. He's, his business is to enlighten us. He's taken all the Vedas and he's written them down because previously it was oral tradition. You would go to the ashram, you'd hear from Guruji. And then you were so smart, so pure. Intelligence was so uh, pure that you would hear once. You'd assimilate twice. You'd understand. Third time you'd hear from Guru, you'd realize the subject matter. We're hearing again and again and again, and still we're assimilating. (laughs) What did I hear in class today? Oh, the speaker told a nice story. <laughs> I like that. But so Vyasadeva was dhira. He was so so he's not the, whatever was written throughout all the, the Vedas and the Upanishads and the Itihashas and all that and Panchatana, that is not Prabhupada said mythology. <laughs> it's mythology if you probably say that mythology. It is not mythology. It is all divya jnana. It is all transcendental knowledge. So when we hear these things, don't think that Srila Sanatana Goswami is referring to some Aesop's fables. Like in Europe, we have Aesop's fables. Some moral instruction uh, by given, made up by uh, made up story. This is not made up. Sanatana Goswami says just as bell metal can be turned into gold when mixed with mercury in a chemical process. He's t- referring to it a technique in Tantric Shastra where you can actually change metal to gold. But it's, 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 nonetheless, it's miraculous. What does a miracle mean? Miracle means something that contradicts the laws of nature by divine intervention. Just like Jesus Christ. He walked on water. He, cu- he cured the sick. He brought the dead back to life. This is contradicting the laws of nature by divine intervention by the intervention of the Lord who controls the laws of nature or who empowers his devotees to do so. That's miracle. All for the purpose, of course, of reviving one's spiritual consciousness, Krishna consciousness. So just as it's miraculous, wow, somebody's changed you know, metal into gold. That, that's, like, that's so amazing. No less amazing is this process of Krishna consciousness that can change Rakshashas, Malachas and Yavanas into Brahmanas and into Vaishnavas. One time a newspaper reporter asked Sri Prabhupada, Swamiji, what is your miracle? You know Sai Baba, he can produce the ashes and uh, the uh, silver chain from the back of his neck. <laughs> and what is the use of the ashes? <laughs> anyway, uh, that is nothing compared to the yogis of the past, but anyway. So he said to Swamiji, what is your miracle? I don't see you doing any, producing any miracles. So Prabhupada just waved his hand over, you know, indicating all his students. He said, this is my miracle. That all these young boys and girls who were addicted to sinful activities are now uh, Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. This is my miracle. And that is a miracle. But um, how did Prabhupada do it? By waving his hand? No. He introduced us to the, to the process of Krishna consciousness. Ado shraddha tata sadhu sangha tabhajana kriya natanavriti siyat. The process of uh, coming in contact with the devotees, getting some faith in their association, and then bhajana kriya. Engaging in the process, following the rules and the regulations of devotional service. Rules means the positive things and regulation means the negative, giving up the negative. Of which, Prabhupada summarized, the positive means chanting 16 rounds every day. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Nama, Hare. 
And negative is summarized as following the four regulative principles. No meat eating, no intoxication, no illicit sex and gambling. It's a summary. But there's many rules and regulations that we're following. But that's what it means to become a Brahmana. Uh, Plutarch, who was a uh, Greek philosopher, he said character is simply uh, habit long practiced. So if one is born in a low-class family by dint of his previous impious activity. If he's determined and willing to be trained by a bona fide spiritual master, he can become brahmana or more. And if he manifests the qualities of a brahmana, he must be accepted as a brahmana by qualification. Once there was a teacher, brahminical teacher, who opened a school for students to come and learn uh, Brahminical life. And one boy appeared at the door, and, and, and <laughs> the teacher said, So, you are born in a Brahmin family? I do not know, sir. You do not know? What are you doing here? Well, just go ask your mother if you were born in a Brahmin family. He went home and he asked his mother, um, Mata, who was Pita? And she was honest. She said, In those days I was not acting properly, and I don't know who your father was. <laughs> I don't know. I was engaged with many men, so I don't... So he went back, and he told the teacher, Teacher, my mother does not know who my father is. So the teacher said, You are qualified to come into school because you're honest. And honesty is one of the important qualities of a Brahmana. So by qualification, he accepted him in the school. And there's many examples in Vedic literature of persons who were born in lower families who became brahmanas. And the, the example that always comes to my mind is our Narada Muni. Narada Muni, in one of his lives, was born as a, the, 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 a sudra to the son, as the son of a maidservant. But later, you know the story, he became an exalted devotee of the Lord. He got the association of Vaishnavas. He got their pasad. Literally, the pasad from the table. He asked one of them, he's pulling on the yatri, Swamiji, give me some gulab. So this Bhaktivedanta, he took the bite and he gave it to the boy. And Narada said, at that moment, the very nature of the transcendentalist became attractive to me. I just love that verse. At that moment, the very nature of transcendence became... He took some prasad, he got some mercy. We said the other day, that there's three ways that one can make quick advancement. And we want to make quick advancement because life is short. You get the water which is washed the feet of a pure devotee. You get the dust of his feet, and you get the remnants of his prasad. Of course, that prasad also takes the form of seva or service. If we embrace the service of uh, our spiritual master, then we are, the opportunity is there for, also for quick advance. Not that we don't do service and just look for some dust and water and food. <laughs> but that is there. So, um, the, uh, not to accept this is, it means not to accept the all-powerful nature of the Lord to transform the heart. Brahmanda Brahmati Konya Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prashad, Pai Bhakti Lat Beach, we've been wandering since we left the spiritual world, we've been wandering in this material creation from one Brahmanda universe to the next, from one species of life, from one body. But Guru Krishna Prashad, Pai Bhakti Lat Beach, somehow the Lord, generally the devotee, have intervened out of their causes mercy. We didn't ask them, no one wrote a letter and asked Prabhupada to come to the West, but he came. And he intervened. He just intervened and changed our, our destiny by giving us this holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. When Prabhupada first came back to India after being in the West for a few years, I think it was 71, he had a heart attack, so he was going back to recover. He said he may not come back. He said, in his absence, Lord, Shringadev would protect us. But he requested the devotees in Los Angeles at that time to, to carry on as he had 
instructed us. And he felt even with that brief association, the whole movement could expand and to the degree that Mahaprabhu wanted it. But um, when he came back, to, he, one of his godbrothers commented, uh, you have initiated these Westerners? They're so sinful. <laughs> how, how they can be purified? He gave the analogy of a, of a, a wine-stained pot. When you do a yagya, everything has to be pure. So you take a pot to be used in the yagya. But if it's been used to hold wine, which is an impure substance, even you wash it and scrub it, no. It, it, it cannot be used in the yagya. So he compared the Western boys and girls in particular to wine-stained pots because they'd engaged in so many sinful activities because they were hearing about the hippies in the West. So, so much sinful meat, eating, and intoxication, promiscuous sex. So how you can give the Maha Mantra to these people because their, their hearts are just full of so many sinful reactions. Lifetimes. How is it possible that they can be delivered? So Prabhupada shot back. He said, what is more powerful? A, a heart full of sinful reactions from millions of lives? one holy name of Krishna. So because his godbrother was a Vaishnava, Gaudiya Vaishnava, he had to accept, yes. <laughs> one of Krishna's names is infinitely more powerful than all the sins of this world, of all the people of this world, since the time of creation. Just one holy name chanted purely can counteract that reaction. Mamchayov Namachintamani Krishna's Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha. Because... There's no difference between the name of Krishna and Krishna. So it's possible to elevate someone from a low birth uh, to become a brahmana. But there's an authorized process. It's not a cheap thing. Mahatma Gandhi tried to elevate fallen people not by engaging them in the process. Ado shuddha tata sadhu bhajana kriya. Not by engaging them in bhajana kriya. He just changed their names. He took pity on the poor classes of India and said, they are also God's children. So they should have the right to enter in the temple and worship their father, to do puja to the deities. But instead of recommending the process of purification, he simply changed their name to Harijans. Jana means like child, like we had our Vishnu Jana. Maharaj, Vishnujan Maharaj. Vishnujan means a child of God. So he changed their name to Harijans. Harijan means children of God. And, and by changing their name to Harijan, now they're qualified to... No. It's not by changing a person's name. It's not even by changing a person's dress that a person becomes elevated. Prabhupada said, you can put a dog on the throne and call him King. Woof, woof, woof. King. Woof, woof, a King. But still, when you throw a bone in front of the throne, the, the king, the dog, will jump down and eat the bone. So you put a dog on the throne and call him king, it doesn't, no. So it's not by changing, this is, Gandhi had the sentiment, of course. He had the sentiment, but he didn't listen to Prabhupada. Because he, he got a very elevated position. Practically brought down the English government, or... Maybe Subhash Chandra Bosch. It's, it's a debate, but anyway. Um, he was, so Prabhupada wrote him at one time, and he was in his, in his position you know, of, of fame. He said, now is the time to preach Bhagavad Gita. You are in the position now that people will listen to you. And this, these are the words of the Lord. This Gita, this is the medicine that's required to solve all problems individual, society, world. But Gandhi did not reply. So he had the sentiment, but he didn't have the, 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 the knowledge, the authorized process as it's given in, in Shastra. So simply changing a name is not enough. The real thing is Krishna consciousness. Yes, yasti bhaktir bhavati akinchana savayargunas tattasamashate shura. It's stated. That one who attains devotional service to the Supreme Lord develops all the good qualities of the demigods. Devotional service is authorized 
Prabhupada often says, it's authorized. It's, it's dhamantu sakshat bhagavat pranitam, as we quoted the other day. Dharma comes from God, and it's disseminated by God's representatives, who preach it telkele, as we say in French, as it is. And they themselves are the proper example. And if one is fortunate to come into contact with such a devotee or a society of devotees who's on, who, who are living under the guidance of an acharya, who has, um, according to time, place, and circumstance, applying those eternal instructions of the Lord, then that low-born person can become a first-class devotee of the Lord. And what is the proof? Felina Parichate. You judge something by the result. You just visit any Iskand temple. And there's so many devotees. And they may or may not have been born in Brahminical families. For the most part, they're not. But by the authorized process, they came to Shatva and then to, to Shura Shatva. Prabhupada told the story one time of a... Of a um, there was a plague in, in Calcutta, 1930s, and uh, people were dying like flies everywhere, and no one could stop it. So the city ordinance, they, they figured that the disease was as a result of so many rats who were infested with the disease, the plague. So they said that anyone who... Um, collected a rat would be given a five paisa they, to bring it to a certain place and then every rat you get five paisa so there was one ambitious young boy he brought like 20 rats in he, he was from a very poor family and then he, for 20 rats he got five paisa for each one so he, you know, he collected a rupee or something so then he took that rupee to the other side of town and he bought a piece of cloth and he took it to another part of town and sold it for a profit and then he took that profit and went back and got more cloth and then sold that for profit and then so on. To make a long story short, this is history. This is, a, this is a, an actual story. That person later in his life became one of the wealthiest persons in India. He, he had a uh, business which produced saris, silk saris. <laughs> Robert told that story. So from being extremely poor, he became very wealthy. So actually by taking up devotional service, even if one is unqualified, probably one can become better than a Brahmin. Because Brahman is the mode of goodness, but Vaishnava again is in the mode of transcendence. Mamchayo vibicharena bhakti yogena sevate sagunan samatityaitan brahma buya kalpate. The one who engages in devotional service, as it go, unfailing in all circumstances at once transcends the modes of nature and comes to the level of Raman. In that sense, a devotee is even higher. One time in Vrindavan, the devotees were visiting a temple, and um, the, the priest was uh, impressed with their kirtan and so forth. So he blessed them. He said, in your next lifetime, because you are so enthusiastic here at the temple, you will take birth as a brahmana in Vrindavan, and you can worship the deity. Excited. So they went back and told Prabhupada the story. He said, what? He said, you go back and tell them that if they nicely worship the deity in the temple, in the next lifetime they can be born in the West and be initiated by a bona fide spiritual master and preach Krishna consciousness all over the world. <laughs> so they do it. But one who's been elevated like that to this miraculous process of Krishna consciousness, as simple as it is, um, that taken from the, the, you know, it's like the phoenix rising. Every devotee is like the phoenix rising. The phoenix is born from the dust and the dirt, and destruction. So our destroyed lives because of our sinful ways and, and our um, broken families and so forth, that we've, we've come to the point of being devotees, Brahmins, devotees, temple presidents, regional secretaries, GBCs, uh, sannyasis, gurus. We're part of the miracle. Um, we should never be proud of the fact and advertise ourselves as, as more advanced than others. A devotee should always be very meek and very humble and use that opportunity to elevate others. Um, 
If a Brahmin or a devotee is proud of his position and doesn't strive to help others, his pride will be the cause of his fall down. And this is actually how the Brahminical community um, became fallen in India. And it's specifically how Kali entered this age. Because this is Kali's age, but how did Kali enter into um, human society? He first influenced Sringi, a young Brahmin, a boy, to curse Maharaj Pariksit, a great devotee king. Uh, Sringi was a Brahmin in training, and he, he could curse, but he, he couldn't um, retract the curse. And he made the mistake in his youth, in his youthful exuberance, he, not being so pure, he, he cursed Maharaj Pariksit. Uh, and Prabhupada said, this is the beginning of the decline of Raminical society. In order to influence human society, Kali first attacks the spiritual orders of society, and by doing so, he, he destroys the entire spiritual fabric of society. It's like if you, to kill someone, the best you just shoot them in the head. <laughs> if there's no head, there's no body. So if there's no Brahminical order, there's no one to guide the social, other social orders, and everything falls apart. So Brahminical, we know, I've heard, I don't know if it, if it's documented, but it's stated that Jesus went to India. There's some books written like that, how Jesus went to India during that period of life where he had disappeared for 30 years. He went to India, they say, and he studied in Jagannath Puri and he imbibed the teachings, which he later took back to his Nabavishya Purana. There's references like that to Isha, the son of God, imbibing the, the Vedic teachings and delivering the people of his land. But it's said that he left Jagannath Puri at one point, being disgusted by the, the, the conduct of the brahmanas. <laughs> brahmanas became proud of their, their elevated position and used it to abuse others rather than elevate others. So we as members of ISKCON must be the brahmanas that Prabhupada envisioned when he came to America and always exhibit the highest standard of purity. This means that we have to actually imbibe the qualities of a Raman. Not that after so many years, being, being in the movement for so many years, that we, we are entitled to the Brahminical thread. Not a question of time. It's a question of purification. Uh, sometimes I've given Brahminical initiation along with first initiation. I've done that a couple of times. I know Prabhupada did it on a couple of occasions as well. Um, to particularly to Gurukul students who were born in the movement, who were trained in the movement, who went through the whole system of Gurukula and survived. <laughs> and after Gurukul uh, continued with Krishna consciousness, didn't become involved in sinful activity, didn't become wayward souls. But Gurukulis who took full advantage of their birth and their family and their training and accepted responsibility and um, became active members of the movement. Sometimes we worry that when we pass away, the Prabhupada disciples, that who will inherit this movement and continue and continue with it. Just like Prabhupada was worried if we would, as his disciples, actually be able to carry it all what he alone was doing, that all of us together, if we could do it. And we faltered in many ways and made many mistakes, but somehow, by his mercy, it's still going on. So we also sometimes, now that we're in the autumn of our years, we have at best, what, 10 years or 15 years left, the Prabhupada disciples? That's a very short time. Will the second generation be able to continue in the same way? as we are doing. That is the worry. Will the second generation carry on, carry the ball, so to speak? The, the relay, like there's a relay. You give the baton to the second runner, the third runner, the fourth runner. So we will pass on in due course of time and we'll pass the baton on to the second generation. Our anxiety as leaders in ISKCON is if there will be uh, enough devotees to take on. So... When I personally see, like, especially a Gurukul student who was born in a devotee family, raised, went to Gurukul, and after Gurukul didn't get lost 
in the vast ocean of material existence, but is accepting service, inner movement, then sometimes I give Brahman initiation at first initiation. I've done it on three or four times. And, it, and, and those four devotees have not left. They've accepted service nicely. Um, first and second initiation to a 14-year-old or 15-year-old or 20-year-old who's gone through that process. Um, because I see that, that, that there, those rabbinical qualities are there. And we have to maintain that highest uh, standard of purity for ISKCON to go on. So Brahman initiation isn't awarded just because one's been in the movement for a long time. One, Brahman initiation is uh, awarded if one is, uh, demonstrates the qualities of a Brahman. And what are the qualities of a Brahman that we strive for? We're Vaishnavas. We're better than Brahmanas. Well, to be a, Bra a Vaishnava, you have to be a Brahman. <laughs> so what are the qualities that we focus on so that we remain pure and we can do our service? Samo damas tapau socham shantar arjavam Evacha, Gyanam, Viganam, Ashtikam, Brahma, Karma, Shvabhavajam. Anyone who's taking Brahman initiation should know this verse and the qualities and demonstrate them. Peacefulness, uh, self-control, austerity, purity, uh, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, and uh, wisdom and Righteousness, these are the natural qualities by which the Brahmanas work and help others. So when one is ready, he or she can get the Gayatri Mantra. Nowadays you can find the Gayatri Mantra on the internet. <laughs> you can even find the Sannyas Mantra on the internet. I was shocked. But that doesn't mean anything. You, have to, you may find those mantras, the seven Gayatri Mantras, you may find them on the internet, but you have to hear them from your guru. Padma Purana says, Sampradaya vihine ye mantras te nishpala mata. That if one is not connected with the bona fide disciplic succession, whatever mantra he chants will not have the desired effect. So you have to hear that mantra from your guru. And what does it do? Gayatri mantra purifies the mind, Prabhupada said, of doubt and speculation. And in a purified state, one can chant Hare Krishna and get the maximum results. Actually, we understand the most important is the Hare Krishna mantra. Kaler dosha nidhe rajan asti eka mahaguna kirtanareva krishnasya mukta sangha parangrajat. That that is the mantra for the sage. Um, it's the most important mantra. Even if one doesn't get Gayatri mantra, one can still go back to Godhead. One can still go back to Godhead. Even if one doesn't have the Gayatri mantra. In the 11th canto, Sri Havi uh, says to King Nimi, by chanting the holy names of the Lord, one comes to the stage of love of Godhead. Then the devotee is fixed in his vow as an eternal servant of, of the Lord, and he gradually becomes very attached to a particular form of the Lord. Uh, his heart uh, then melts in ecstatic love, he laughs very loudly or cries and shouts. Sometimes he sings and sometimes he dances like a madman for he's indifferent to public opinion. That's the effect of chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Nama, Hare But good to have the Gayatri Mantra because um, it reminds us to remain situated in the mode of goodness. It strengthens us. Um, so these mantras, Gayatri, Maha Mantra, they're very, very powerful. And um, we should take advantage. We should chant the 16 rounds every day. And if you get the Gayatri Mantra, you should chant three times a day. Become purified and drag as many conditioned souls back home with us, back with Srila Prabhupada, back home. Back to Godhead. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Aki, Srila Prabhupada Aki, Itai Gaur Premanandi. Hare Krishna. Thank you. <laughs> tonight we have a we have a program tonight. Um, what time does that program start? Anyone in the six o'clock? Um, His Holiness Giridharas Swami Maharaj will be performing an initiation ceremony. I'll also be there in some context, whatever.
And um, everyone's invited to that auspicious function. A number of devotees are taking their first initiation, and also we have some devotees taking their Gayatri Mantra second initiation. So the lecture was appropriate for them today. So please come and give your blessings to those devotees at that ceremony. And I think that um, Guru Prashad Maharaj is leaving this morning. So let's just give him a big round of applause and thank him for all his association. And I'm going to take advantage of his association now for a few minutes. Yesterday I had a very bad headache, a migraine headache, so I couldn't do anything. And I was supposed to have lunch with Maharaj, so I have to apologize. I was inactive yesterday. But I'm okay now. And um, I'll take the, the dust or the water or the remnants of Maharaj's feet or the prasad. <laughs> Hare Krishna. <laughs> 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 <laughs>